All right, guys, I'm over here with John D. Domenico, and um, I got to tell you, you guys are in for a treat today because this is a, a cu- quite special episode, and uh, let me go ahead and put a gallery view on real quick for the audience who's going to be watching us, and uh, take it from this point on. John is, I don't even know, I'm going to kind of let him describe himself because he's got a lot <laughs> yeah. of things going on, but I could tell you where I got introduced to John, and uh, he wasn't wearing the face that he's got on right now. He was a, a Trump impersonator at a, a speaking conference that I was at for the mortgage industry. It was in Tampa uh, just last month in June. We're, we're here end of July. And John was uh, the guy who went on right before I did, actually warmed him all up for me. And uh, he was representing Donald Trump. And he, this guy was spot on. So like, if you're ever in the market for somebody who, who can do a Donald Trump impersonation or just basically represent Donald, who's not Donald, you need this guy right here. But I want to get into the background. Everybody who's listened to this channel is going to kind of know where I'm going to go with this. I want to dig into the background of John and find out what's, what's his strengths, what's, uh, what he's overcome, what are the things that he's doing now. He, he's already told me he's into a lot of reading and, uh, professional development and things of that nature. So let's unpack John right now. But John, Tell, tell the audience, what do you do? And uh, we'll certainly share the, the links of where to go, but you might as well hit them with a link right up front. So in case anyone wants to drop Oh, yeah, you can go to my website. It's uh, thejohnnydshow.com. So it's J-O-H-N-N-Y-D. So just so it's two N's and an H. People always mess that part up. The Johnny D Show. You can find me there and all the other links are there. And just, just go to the show my, notes. We'll or cover just them put there, my guys. name into Google. <laughs> <laughs> And it'll all pop up. That's it. Um, but uh, I basically I'm an actor, writer, comedian, host, creative director, producer. I kind of one of those people that, uh, you know, I get frustrated. So I end up doing everything. But I started out as a kid from Ambler, Pennsylvania, uh, which is right outside of Philadelphia, but it looks like South Philly. It's all row home neighborhoods. So I was like five and I was a big ham and I used to go out and my neighbors would be sitting on their steps or the stoops, as they call them. And I would go out and I had just watched Ed Sullivan. And as a five year old, I would impersonate Ed Sullivan. So now right here on our show. The fabulous Garbaccio brothers and all these other characters that I, I heard and they loved it. And I got a lot of affirmation out of it. And I got the opportunity to have adults laugh, but I had a severe speech impediment. So when I wasn't doing impressions, you could barely understand me uh, because everything was just kind of a mess. Uh, and then when I got into first grade, I was diagnosed and then I did eight years of speech therapy and uh, it was two times a week for eight years and they those wonderful speech therapists and um speech pathologists didn't know this they were correcting my speech but at the same time giving me an education on how to manipulate my voice on throat placement nasal placement of actual vocal production where to produce sound properly all of these things that i would use later professionally to do austin powers baby yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or dr phil what were you thinking you know or donald trump depending it depends it depends on who it is believe me believe me so uh-huh. um so that was like the challenge that i had to overcome and i you know and i'm sure you've had people on with dyslexia and learning disabilities i've suffered from those too but um i i've always knew what I wanted to do, which was be a performer. Uh, and I, that was the cur- career I pursued. And then I was an act, you know, I was an actor in New York, but I found the process ver- like very time wasting. I don't know if you've ever been on an audition, but when you go to an yeah. audition, it's your time, but you'll be there for two, three hours sometimes. Yeah. And it just seemed like this is a waste. So what I tried to do is just try to change all those things so i could just be performing performing writing performing so i started working in the corporate world so instead of having to audition people started coming to me because i had something unique so i never i haven't auditioned in a very long time unless it's for a film so i'm always trying to like look at a system figure out how i can change it to work for me and so those those are the things that i kind of focus on in in my business so i shifted from acting in TV and film uh, to doing corporate work, which ended up taking me back to TV. 
because uh, I bet I was Trump's Conan, I was Kimmel's Conan, I was all the I got to work on all these TV shows because I stuck with one thing, which I thought was a better system for me, and it ended up bringing me back. <laughs> to from all, what was the what was your favorite thing from doing all the? Because uh, I mean, he, I was looking through. I mean, you literally have like the character quest. You could do just about anything here. What, who's yeah. your favorite? And and I want to before we you know get into all that good stuff I'm gonna I'm gonna come circle back on this one sure I don't want to let you off the hook I, I think I've, I've I think I found some things in there that we want to I want to uncover a little bit but oh sure favorite, favorite favorite person favorite person that you can emulate and 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 act like I think it's Austin Powers because I've done him all over the world and people love this character I I mean I'll be on a trade show floor in thailand and people will smile and austin powers austin powers i mean he's not my character he's mike myers character but he just brings so much joy and makes so many people so happy yeah. uh, i just I, I i love i love playing him too because he's very groovy baby and he's very physical <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's yeah, a great I, I hear that so you're spreading spreading joy positivity and it's not like you know other characters have their you know their dark side right like trump for example you right. either like him or you hate him like there's right. very little people in between so it's like you you know although you can do him impeccably you know someone who's not going to like donald trump is going to hate you for it and then they're going to associate that hate on you i'm assuming right well yes and no you met me um i'm a, i'm generally a very nice person i try to give off a very positive vibe so i've had people who knew i was going to go on stage as trump this is a classic story i was in denver and the person's like i don't like donald trump i don't like Donald Trump and she she saw my profile did like the uh the main room and she came up afterwards back to the where I was originally at she goes I like your Donald Trump which is like the best I can do if someone doesn't like a character yeah. or doesn't know a character to take it so it's it's funny and warm enough that they can re now look at it objectively right you know and uh, you know and you have all different characters you know I have Guy Fieri which certain people absolutely love and know and other people have no idea because right. tv is so fractionalized now you know so there's all these different components i'm dealing with with characters are enough people going to know who it is are they going to like it what's the response going to be you know if it's a pro-trump person do they think i'm mocking trump which i'm not you know so there's all these little variables that kind of come in to it now because everybody's so entitled to give you their opinion <laughs> Okay. yeah that's a funny arc right now because you you actually were you're kind of you know in that space where it's like you know what was okay a couple years ago is like off limits today and you can even right. say some of these things and have you got any pushback on some of the stand-up or the comedian stuff that you've done any any of the laughs or the i've been very to... i've been very lucky for the most part but what you just said you know if you think about austin powers back in 96 and 97 when he came out in those first few years that i was doing him a lot of corporations were like oh we can't we can't have him as he's all about sex and being horny and all this stuff and i i would say you know i do corporate i'm very aware i said don't worry like i'll take care of that and after they see it they get it so it's almost like with trump and austin and any kind of issues that have to be resolved about a character i'm smart enough to know how to do that because i'm a professional performer so that's you know that's that's one of those things but people are touchy for sure everyone has an opinion now everyone thinks their opinion has value which you know yeah. whatever yeah. i try to be respectful of everybody but you know in front of an, if i hear someone say one thing on one side or one thing on the other side no matter what as a person who's just very open i'm going to try to explain to them what's going on if they're not going to hear it they're not going to hear it so you know that it is what it is in that respect got it let's get into the background a little bit are you married kids anything uh, i've been married twice um i'm now engaged for the third time so um, i'm like trump i'm going for the third one it's gonna be incredible so uh, like, no kids though uh both okay. both marriages no kids okay background in faith are you a man of spirituality um, yeah I'm a, I'm a man of spirituality i i talk to god every you know i was raised roman catholic and then i discovered buddhism which really isn't a religion it's more of a way of life they they gratefully they kind of interlock mm -hmm. so um jesus is definitely in the pantheon of people i talk to and specifically who i pray to 
But uh, um, yeah. yeah, I've had some similar uh, in Arkan history. I never went really went to Buddhism, but I did, uh, you know, go from Catholicism to like nothing. And I would just say I call it Craigism, karma. You know, do do to others what I want done to myself, if you will. Right. And literally followed that for years. And I talked about it on the podcast a little bit, and then found faith later with uh, Christianity and kind of you know just really my own interpretation of the Bible. Have you come across in anything that you've done where you've had like a you know, pride in the game. And you're like, you know what? I really don't want to do this because it goes against what I feel. It sounds like you're really much a professional and you, you, you're very adaptive to uh, your environment, but is there anything that stuck out or something that was like, you know, in true and true in you? And you're like, no, I can't either do this or no, I have to, I'm going to represent me because it's about me. And you know what I mean? Yeah. There's been a couple of times. Um, there was, it, it's funny because a lot of it comes back to Trump, but there was a pretty well-known rapper, who had a song that was an anti-Trump song and they wanted me to go on tour with them and to, to open, to open their show. And I was like, nothing for multiple of reasons. Like, you know, I'm, I'm 59 years old. I don't need to be on a tour bus with a bunch <laughs> of 20 something smoking pot crossing the country. But also I was like, I don't need to do that. That's not my, that's not my audience. Yep. But then I've been asked to play, you know, do events where they want Trump in a dunking tank. I'm like, that's not happening. Yeah. And then there was another rapper who wanted to have Trump tied up in a, um, uh, in a chair and he was interrogating. I was like, not happening. Mm -hmm. So you know I mean? well, no matter what I do, I want it to be positive. Yeah. Uh, it can be satirical, but I want it to be positive. You know what I mean? Any image that goes out, anything that I create, I want people to find humor in it, find light in it, find comedy in it, just to, to lift people up. You know, before I go on stage and it doesn't matter which character or where I am, I, I try to take a moment um, and just pray and say, um, you know, Holy Father, that's the Catholic part of me. Holy Father, um, this isn't for me. This is for that audience. This is for that 400 women in Tampa who just need a break, who just want to laugh. So let me let me do that. Release me from me for the next 35 minutes and let me be funny. And it. that's what that's what I do every time. Awesome. Every single time. And I ground myself before I go out. And then because of my speech impediment, I do a bunch of I do a bunch of exercises so I don't trip up when I'm speaking. I don't want to I don't want to miss that because that's important. Yeah. Tell me about that morning, you know, like that early career. So you have a speech impediment, you're going through school. Kids are nasty, man. They're, they're like, you know, they're tough kids. And did you find yourself in on the, like the butt end of the jokes? Did you find this like a painful experience or were you well liked? Because I, I could see, you know, and some people, not that I've cross-examined here, but like I could see and read into some people's stories that they kind of like a lot of lifters, you know, bodybuilders, if you will, right. they get into lifting or fighting because they've been bullied and it's a defense mechanism. It's bulletproof their body you know right. did you get funny if you will um as a as a defense mechanism because uh you might have been the bunt of jokes like help me out with that and i could be yeah. completely off but i'm just curious no no you know it's funny because i don't know what came first my because i was doing comedy like i said at like five years old it was like almost from the time i could speak even though it was you know the impediment i did have a lot of bullies in our neighborhood because it was a tough row home neighborhood i mean we we're jam-packed together my brother michael and i because we thought about this in our neighborhood alone we counted 20 bullies these guys who would sucker punch you punch you in the ear, beat you down. And that was, you know, so this is the late 60s, early 70s. And I think, I think, and I, I don't want to talk out of turn, obviously I don't have any scientific uh, information, but it seemed that bullying was much more prevalent then. There were just more of them. Mm -hmm. uh, but I was a funny guy and I could never understand, you know, in my mind, I'm like, I'm a nice guy. Why are you kicking my ass? That's the part I could, I could never wrap my brain around. But I was an easy target. You know what I mean? I had I had to wear a patch. I had a floating eye. I talked funny. So uh, I think a lot of their aggression that they were being put upon by their by their father because shit rolls downstream yeah. was just being put onto me because I was physically an easy target. 
And so how long did that you feel like that went on for? Because, you know, I, it's really funny. I went to this uh, mastermind fitness event uh, and the the one speaker of all the people that were at the event was the psychologist or was she and she wasn't technically a psychologist. She was like, you know, just a, a person development coach, somewhat like right. me, but she was really just like heavy into it. And I was like, I was blown away by it. So I, I literally shifted my fitness business a little bit, much more to the mindset. But she talked about like the, the scars that we have, like that just etched trauma into our bodies. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you think you lived? with you know from that experience I've, I've never really i've had a few incidents as a young kid i was a skinny ectomorph kind of guy so like i've had a few incidents but i had an older brother who gave me some protection if you will but uh right. you know what do you feel that like did to you as you're growing up or those those things as you were you know maturing and, and growing into life well you know it's interesting because the sense of safety my father was physically abusive so i was getting it in the house and outside of the house so um It was just one of those things I learned to live with because I didn't ever physically um, go back after any of those guys. You know, you know, remarkably, because I have uh, people know who I am. I've had those some of those guys used to beat me up as a kid, find me on Facebook and say they were sorry, which um, actually I found very moving. You know, that that meant a lot to me um and they had said it was it was their father ironically they were beaten by their father they became bullies i was beaten by my father i became a comedian so we all have different outlets how we process this stuff i think the most important thing for me is i'm just i i'm kind of relentless at my optimism of human beings and i just keep coming back and coming back and coming back and i'm not going to beat you down i'm just going to wear you down with my personality so and because that's all i have yeah that's all i have and where do you think that came from that positivity your father was yeah idea i think it's just a divine gift i was given was your mom in the picture still still alive? But, uh... Um, she's she passed away. She you know she had her issues too. So uh, you know, my brothers and I were kind of we were kind of on our own to a certain extent. I don't you know they were there, which is obviously really really important. They were, they were physically there. Also, my dad was an incredibly hard worker. He was a steel worker. He worked really really hard. He was just a really frustrated, just a very frustrated guy. And so we caught my brothers and I and my mom caught his frustration through anger and through violence and through you know hitting us and striking us that was his that was the only way he could he would have to build up have an explosion hit us and then he could come down but he could never come down without that so that was you know his needed a better outlet than you guys but i hear what you're saying And, and, and i think a lot of people are out there with that same stress and how about today in society right like you know i don't think that there's ever been more stress that's you know categorized across the board where you know some people do it to themselves but like with social media with the media's attention with with just like everything coming at us and how fast we move i heard ed my say today um um i'm not sure when he did this podcast it might have been with tom bill um but i think he was speaking two, by on, the way uh, two great speakers those yeah. guys and he um he ed my talked about time in in being the dumbest thing around when it's compared to like a 24 hours because you know back in the day when we had horse and buggy those people were using the same time frame that we have and so the the time of sending a message out and having it being received would be days and so now that we could do things instantly talking about like the the 24 hour is kind of like almost backward or just basically doesn't make so much sense on the way we could produce productivity and get things done so it's like shortening the day cycle and things of that nature and i know it's it's just obviously the world will will spin and we have that light cycle but he's like saying another way to like frame our minds is thinking that hey we should be shortening our days or cycles of work and release and play so therefore we're not on this always on eight to ten hours of work and we're just being bombarded with you know messages coming here notifications coming here so like the overload of information sometimes or technology oh a hundred percent there's just so much and and i fall prey to it too because you know i love all those guys that you mentioned and i want to read everything and i want to read every book and i want to see every podcast and and then you you get to the point and i got to do a job and i got to travel and yeah. i got to do this and it's just like, there's not enough hours in the day how do i do it and at some point there are days when i take my phone and i'll just shut it off just shut my phone and i'll literally shut this off and just do if i'm at my desk i'll just do whatever i can without having a computer uh because that constant 
having to refocus, which is, you know, part of meditation, but that can wear you out too. They're going to have to refocus. I got to get back to center. I got to get back to center. It's amazing. And I think we all have to be hyper aware of it. Overachievers, um, people like me who are like ADD and want to get everything done and be creative and all this stuff. I have to be like, okay, just, you got to stop and you got to build in that stop time. And there's one of these things on the watch on my high watch where it tells you to stop and take mm-hmm. a breath, which yeah. I didn't install. Yeah. But the first time it did it, I was like, Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Somebody told me to stop. Give me permission. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah that's so great. I hear what you're saying about the time thing. A hundred percent for Ed. So you take some blocks. Do you, do you, uh, are you a man of to-do list calendars or are you just, I'm a, to- I'm a to-do list guy and I have a set to-do list in the morning, no matter what, you know, wake gratitude, make my bed, get dressed, um, get dressed first. <laughs> but I go down that, I go down that list and you know, that'll be stretching and yoga, uh, journaling. So that list is set and that's my personal time. Yeah. And then move over to the the set list for the workday. And the last thing on my personal list is a reminder to prioritize the priorities. That's I have to remind myself yep. that because I'm you know I'm I've got hamster brain and um, as a comedian and I can oh I have to look up what's happening in the news and I have to do this and then I go down that rabbit hole but like I need to prioritize the priority because you know I um I'm 59 I'm going to be 60 in November I'm very lucky I make you know I make a living being a performer but I look at the fact that. You know, my dad lived to be 65. My grandfather lived to be 85. Just there's less time now. As I look down the road, there's less time than there was this way. So every minute counts in the sense of not wasting it. Stop. And I say this to myself sometimes, like, stop wasting time. Because I've got to be my own parent and say that to myself, you know. No, it's true. Myself, because I'm a self. You know, I run my own business. You run your own business. Um, if I'm on a plane or in a hotel, my brain chemistry changes and I can focus a little more. But when you're in your house and you have so much to do, it's a little harder to. Yeah, this this environment where we live, and you've been doing it for years, and so have I. You know, but some people now with COVID, they get the luxury of doing it. And you know, now I'm a consultant for you know 2020 and helping the mortgage people out in uh, in that aspect. And it's just about every call, it's me just basically you know getting people to have a a strategic schedule, be very intentional with their time, understanding mm-hmm. that you know they have to you know get you know bonanza is over, right? The interest rates are going up and things are going to be harder for that market. And so it's like just saying, hey, the easy stuff is over and you have to really, you know, treat this as like a grind, just like you were when you're out there, you know, trying to get these gigs and do different things. Like it's it's time to get hard, but this is a great time to build the foundation, especially when there's blood in the water, things are challenging, you know, people are uncertain. That's the time for high performers to really do well in that market. So it's a, I, I call it opportunity at this point in time with the way the market's kind of shaping up because it's going to separate the men from the boys, if you will. Oh, a hundred hundred percent yeah and if you if your network is not in place because i have to have a network to keep getting work and building out and you know a lot of people think they're going to build their 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 engine in flight like you know it doesn't work that way once the plane's in the air it's in the air you better have that network when you land so i it's one of the things when i talk to people is you cannot build a jet engine in flight you need to do your homework you need to build your network that all has to be done if you have downtime be working on that if you're lucky enough yeah i posted today kind of like a morning routine which is i'm glad that you have one and we talked about it. are you an early morning riser what, what yeah i read um i read uh hal's book um more the miracle morning okay. and that changed me i'm a 5 30 a.m guy yeah, yeah. Um, I talked about this morning about kind of just having very intentional morning because the first thing most people do, they wake up, they check their email or look at social media, two things that are immediately going to just steal your attention. And you're going to say, you know, if you look at social media and you see somebody who, you know, you're following because you, you appreciate what they have, but it's more or less you're following because you're envious of them immediately. Now you, all you're doing is talking down to yourself and saying, look at this person and they're killing it because they're likely posting on social media because they feel good about their body. And if you don't, you know, now you're feeling bad about you go look in the mirror and it's just a vicious spiral. So for people that are in that weight loss position, then people that are performing at work, they're checking emails. Now they're not focusing on what they should do, which 
which is basically take that time in the morning and get their mind right, get their get their morning routine, like you said, focus on what they should be doing. You know, I talk about faith, fitness, fellowship, and uh, you know, finances. And so from important. faith, obviously, get into you know the word of God or talk about like what does God want me to do today to fulfill his honor. Right. You know, if it's fitness, you know, you're going to find when you're going to train and put it down on the calendar. And so you could, you know, make it an affirmation statement. You know, if it's fellowship, how can I honor my wife tonight, my spouse, my my significant other? What can I do to make their day different? If I have kids, what can I do to impact that kid's life or teach them today? If I have somebody who's, um, you know, in my network, who can I reach out to that may need me to pour into them? Or what baggage can I let go that I'm holding on to that's dragging me down? There's so right. many different ways that you could think about you know that but like having those statements in the morning and and saying them or writing them down and then auditing yourself at the evening and say okay well what didn't i do today and what yeah. did, why didn't i do it and just continuing to to get better at that you're going to find production just go through the roof of just being intentional and then when you hit your head at the pillow at the end of the night fulfillment's going to happen because a lot of times we could be stressed all day and nothing felt like it got done although you worked but just since because the you know there's in a business as an entrepreneur there's always work to do. It's like cutting your grass, oh, it's, it's showering. Endless. And so yeah. it's like, if you, if you judge the, the completion of the total game over, you're dead. Right. So like, right. We're, I think we're judging ourselves differently than we should be. We should be judging ourselves on how we feel when we hit our, we hit the pillow. Did we fulfill the things that we set to do, or did we just put too much on our plate and now we're just stressed out going to sleep and we're going to really that. like, I like what you said, auditing the day, because um, somebody had told me, and this was a long time ago, like before you close your eyes, what, in that, not in a critical way, but what could have I, what could I have done better today? Mm -hmm. Where could I have been a little more efficient? Where could I have been nicer? Mm -hmm. Where could I have been, you know, all those things you said before, like just that review uh, at the end of the day and kind of discharge it and then start the next day and hopefully in a better place yeah <laughs> right on cool so I'm, I'm glad that you're into the uh this professional development and you know seeking different counsels and mentors when did that start for you Were, was that always something you did when did you start reading and getting into you know I, listening to motivators and things of that nature i think it was somewhere in college and i somehow at some at, uh, I, I always thought books because I have dyslexia and some learning disabilities. And I, um, I think I was at a garage sale or something, but I thought books on cassette were really interesting even back then. And somebody at in there, you know, you go to a garage sale sometimes, you'll find something really cool. This was the psychology of success by the guy who trained all the Olympic athletes. And I, and it was a big, it was a case. It was like, 16 cassette tapes wow. and it was all of his research and it was fascinating and i remember thinking like this is really interesting like here's a guy who does research who works with all of these you know premier athletes and does all of these things and um he's put this he's put all this information out there like for me you know i can i can use this and then that kind of started the road of like the books because probably in the 80s, when I was in college, 81, I went to college, a lot of this stuff, it, it was still a new, it was a, kind of a new thing. Um, and then then I say through the 80s, it's like a ton of these books came out, and I found them really interesting. And then I started reading them and picking things up. And I was like, if I can just get one thing out of each of these books, it's really, really valuable. And that psychology of success, I think that was the title. Um, basically said, in your mind, if you rehearse something in your mind, they were sh showing that the athletes muscles were firing the same way as if they were on the track. Mm -hmm. That's how strong your mind is. Yeah. That you can overcome so many things. Your mind, even though it might be screwed up, if you can guide your mind to that next place or get someone else to help guide you or have a coach, whatever it is, you can move on in your life. You can move beyond the things that are holding you back. You can move to the place where you want to be, where you're a success. And it, it could be, you know, a financial success. It could be a relationship success. It could be whatever it is, but there's a way to do it. There's no need to get by down and self-pity or anything like like that sure you should have emotions for yourself but don't don't wallow in those things there's a way out and there's so many things and what i've learned i mean these books are 
filled with this stuff. But for me, what I've learned is I need constant uh, external support. So I'll read something and get a few months out of it. Then I need the next thing. And that'll take me to the next place and to the next place. And that's why I had mentioned before we started, like someone like Tim Ferriss, one of his books is Tools of the Titans. I don't know if you've read that one. I haven't read it, but I've heard it. My God, it's just hundreds of interviews with peak performers and i got so much out of it it's not like a book book you know it's not a narratively structured book but every single one of these interviews i was like oh my god that's great that's awesome this is great these things that i could just carry on it really motivated me i finished it like last month and i was just like really turned on that was probably um like right around I, I was probably finishing it right around uh the time we were in camp and doing the show I so know. i was kind of on like a high like all right yeah. i'm gonna finish this one and get on to the next one <laughs> i'm glad you brought that up because i think some people will and i'm glad it works for you how do you deal with like the overwhelm or basically the shiny object syndrome because a lot of people in fitness and, and let me speak to a couple different industries as we unpack this one yeah in fitness i literally was going to do a, a talk or a rant i'll probably say a rant today of people like why they are not getting results they're not getting results because they're always jumping from one thing to the next because something sounds cooler or maybe someone's more popular on social media so they'll follow this guy's routine but they're not consistent enough to follow and get a result so for you to take in all this information i think you're probably really just good at interpreting how it can work for you and taking the pieces that you could identify to your life is probably much more of a professional because you've you've been able to take in, in from different places but like how might you talk to the person who might be listening and you know is doing just that taking in all this information buying all the ebooks buying all the products they have a list of this folder that they haven't even got through and and yet they're still just they just feel they're drowning so like how can they take pieces and not be overwhelmed by it but like use the pieces for them and like what what's your strategy for like well, he, here's, here's how i equate it because you what you just said i you know processed in my mind there's only so many universal truths about working out, about food, about mental health. You know what I mean? When it comes, there's only so many. Mm. As a, and I'll bring it back to religion. So as a Catholic, I would go to church every Sunday and hear the gospel and hear the sermon. And essentially, you know, in a couple of years, you've heard pretty much everything. <laughs> You know what I mean? You know the story of Christmas. You know the story of Easter. But you don't stop going. You know what I mean? You need that. We as humans need that external reinforcement of something we already know. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you need a, you know, you know those cookies are crap. Yeah. You know what I mean? But you may need to be reminded over and over again. And that's that's just how humans are. We want what we want. We want to be in shape. We want to be healthy. We don't want diabetes. But boy, we're at the holiday Christmas party at our friend's house, and those cookies look great, and those chocolate donuts look great, and this looks great. And you know, you're you're always at that battle. That's why I think having a community, going back to community, um, you know, working out with a group of people, having faith or in this case having someone repeat the same things to you all those things are components that you have to have and going back specifically what you said there is a lot so you've got to zero in on what works for you and kind of put not push away but okay i'm gonna i don't need this and i don't need this i've already Mm -hmm. set up this this and this for me i know the i know the um uh the authors that i like like you know i'll keep coming back to tim ferris because he's really hit it for me he's saying the same stuff over and yeah. over <laughs> you know what I mean? and i'm aware of that but i like the way he says it and it's a great reminder it's like having a great priest you know um uh when saint joseph's where i grew up we had some really mind you it's like the late 60s again early 70s we had you know father helldoozer which is his, his, his real name he was a world war ii veteran he was fire and brimstone i loved that and then father gallagher old irish guy put you right to sleep and then there was the hippie priest 
you know, out of those three priests, I really like Father Helldoozer because he he really brought it down. This guy had served in World War II and he told you how it was. So, you know, you're going to gravitate towards whoever is going to help you the most mm-hmm. if you're if you're going in that direction. Conversely, it's a lot. It's very easy to be drawn in the wrong space with the person who's like, oh, forget it. Just have a donut. Yeah. Live a yep. little. Yeah. Stop killing yourself. You know, but it's if you break on your own discipline, then then you don't have anybody. That's You're right. you've got to be the advocate for yourself. You've got to represent yourself. Not the guy who's miserable and wants to feed you candy, or is is also or in great shape and like, well, he's in great shape and he's eating crappy, so I guess I can do it too. Mm-hmm. You, you know who you are. You know your body type. You know how you work, and you know what you have to. You know what you have to do. It's it. I mean, it's really it's it to a certain extent. It's that simple. It's yeah. not so much the information because if it was information, we'd all be ripped and walking around like this. Yep. Yep. It's it, inculcating it and implementing it, throwing the crap out of your you know your pantry or your kitchen, and, and living the way you want to live. You can't be super healthy and go to Kentucky Fried Chicken. Yeah. I'm going to write the word invoke because that just came to me when you were talking that, you know, I know it's like invoke the spirit, but like you almost like you just said, it's like you, you, the words could be said, but if they're not invoked into you, if you're not like actually breathing them into your being and actually taking them and making them make sense and making them make action, then it doesn't really matter because then they're just words that did you you get this? Did you get to see Les Brown speak? Yeah. I mean, Les, he's, he could be reading the phone book. And he's so powerful Mm -hmm. that, you know, I was backstage. I couldn't even see him because he wasn't, he was just photos on the screen. But even now, a month later, what he said was so powerful because he, he knows how to connect with people, you know, and he's one of those people you go, God, he was born, you know, poor, black, um, learning disabilities, barefoot. And now he's one of the top motivational and inspirational speakers in the world with, you know, 12 best-selling books and he did it through sheer determination and i just and 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 there could be 10 people like that who all come on stage but it's the way he speaks and like you said that it, it invokes something in you that's that connection that's why you have to find that person you connect with yeah. you know the trainer um you know the the author whoever it is the speaker whoever that is Find that person. And it may be like that. You may can ride that person for five years and you may become bored of them. But mm-hmm. find that person because you need that. You need that as human beings. You need a pastor who's strong or a priest who's strong or, you know, an orator who's strong or a philosopher that you follow. That's a great message. You know, you're, you're like pushing the coaching. Do you have a personal coach? Do you have a, do you have somebody in your circle that you go to? Or I have a trainer that I go to, but not a personal coach, but believe me, I think about a personal coach. And you're doing, you're doing a lot of the professional development by reading and different things of that nature. I know that you just mentioned that, you know, Tim Ferriss is a big of you. Who's your top five, top three, if you don't have a top five. Well, I'd say Ryan Holiday because I'm really getting into all the stoicism. Tim, for sure. Um, who's the other guy? Um, it was a. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm turning away from the camera. Oh, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm-hmm. I love him. He's not really. I mean, he's he he really kind of helped me fire up with with business stuff. Yeah. Um, and there's I'm I'm blanking on my other ones, so forgive me. <laughs> Oh, um, Robert Greene. I love all his stuff on power, human nature. It's always so, it's it's always so fascinating to me when he can take a story and then finish the story and like, oh my God, that was brilliant. And it just directly impacts how you think about something. I just find that amazing. Was, is he story brand? Is he the one who did story brand? Who's the one who, uh, there's a there's an author that's like you know how to help uh you tell oh yeah 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 is, is that him that's not him but i i for some reason story brand just literally came Great up book. i i I've yeah. read it i forget the author and i'll probably credit him afterwards but yeah there's some amazing books there's amazing speakers there's amazing youtube like 
the motivation's there if you want it and you can and you can go for it like you know if you're listening and you're finding yourself in a stuck place i understand that overwhelm happens and you know it's just one more thing you can do but if you power up your day with an affirmation from somebody just throw on youtube like part of part of like a morning routine for me is to like I'm I'm really trying to be very intentional about like putting some some just sending airwaves at me that are just positive and going to lift me. As much as I'm a motivational person and I have the cast of of the people that I motivate myself, it's like we still have to pump into ourselves and we still have to have our mentors. And you mentioned something about repetitive messages. I have one here, a coach that I work with um you know, coach Michael Burr, and he's a big time speaker speaks to, you know, in the, in the real estate game as well. And he, he goes around. I was actually, he invited me on a private jet one day. Uh, he's got a private wow. jet here, lives in Murfreesboro. And I just asked the guy for a cup of coffee because I learned that he was a big time guy, you know, in my gym, I own a gym here. And I was like, Hey man, I'd love to just unpack your brain a little bit. If you'd give me the time. And, you know, I didn't really know how big he was, right. I didn't know how, how, how much success and right. success I would say, you know, just by the money, but like, you know, where he was at, but I really want to asking the hard questions like you know like why do you keep doing it if you have all the money you know some of these people like dean grazioli um you know who's his partner their um biggest name uh what's his name uh can't think of his name he's like invented motivational speaking um shoot it comes to me it's, it's embarrassing that i forget his name but uh i know he, you always freeze on me man uh he money master the game uh what what's his uh Oh my God, this is embarrassing. I'll come it's back. Not, to it. it'll, it'll come back. Okay. To me. It's not Brian Tracy, right? Because no, it's literally like the, the most motivational person you could probably think of. Like anyone who would know, like any any Joe. Oh, Rand, Tony Robbins. Tony Robbins. Thank you. Okay. Like, how yeah. do I forget Tony Robbins? But yeah. um, I, and by the way, he's on my list too. Now that I remember, you know, <laughs> how do I forget and I've Tony seen Robbins? him. I'm sure you've seen him speak. He's yeah phenomenal but i mean just like having all those things available for you you guys there's like no excuse to be like let down and like in these places but i do believe that you're mentioning something that's super powerful is be having a a community having someone to bounce ideas off of Uh, i heard that guy patty speak he's a ufc fighter irish Mm. guy i guess recently he just had a buddy that passed away he took his own life and he was talking about like mental health and essentially like how men don't believe that they can have a conversation with other men you know and that's really why part of what battle plan is for me and my coaching services to like every wednesday you know thursday we just had a a really powerful call last night where i just had like something on my heart ben carson spoke uh, on sunday at my church um and he had a really great message of like look you know we've had progress you know i grew up in a place where i just like uh, les brown where i had like just about nothing growing up and my mom was you know just you know um uh, cleaning houses and she went to like the homes of like you know with the wealthy and she noticed that they didn't have tvs and that they you know had a lot of books and so she's like i'm gonna do that obviously it went over like a fart of church at home but she implemented that strategy and les and he ben garson went from like you know the the dumbest guy in his class or in his school to like the smartest you know right. in a certain amount of time so he really was able to apply himself and push but those stories are are phenomenal but it's just one of those things where you know you get a message and it convicts you a little bit. And I would say the best way to internalize a message is to share it with somebody else. So like, if you are empowered by something, uh, you know, have something you could share it by journaling. You could share it by speaking. You could share it by having a conversation with somebody and, and, and pay it forward. But I would say, don't hold on to that stuff. Too many guys, you know, don't believe in themselves enough to be the leaders. And so part of like my group is what I'm trying to do right now is like, look for like almost not disciples, but more ambassadors, people that I could lead in to so as much as i was like started off in the game was like transformational coaching change people's bodies and health mindset is so much more uh attractive to me now because i know if i could change their mindset i could change their body and if i have them in my wings weekly i could speak into them and invoke them if you will with uh you know what they already know they should be doing and then just consistently right. push that message back on them but you know it's 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 really cool to hear you reaffirm what we're doing and and you know the the coaching process and and how that works yeah, and I don't like I said I don't have a I don't have a coach, but um, but I'm in a mastermind group with uh, five other guys who are all in the corporate speaking keynote entertainment world. We're all a little different, mm-hmm. but we all overlap in that 
very particular space. So we'll do uh, a call. So it's best practices Two of the guys that was originally, it was just three of us. And then we grew to six, but then because of that, because you're having these weekly things about business, then it becomes personal. Then you're, then you kind of branches out and becomes more supportive. So, and I believe you, you know, we as humans, we're tribal. We're, tr- we're 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 tribal people for good and for bad. Yeah. But if you're not tribal at all, you don't have people around you. That's that's not good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So to have people that you can bounce things off of, and there'll be times when I'm I'll be putting out an email blast, and I'll say, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And it's just a get a response from five guys like yeah i wouldn't say that oh yeah definitely go ahead and say that that's fine even if it's something simple like that knowing that there is a group of of men or women depend you know you know whoever you are but knowing that there's people there that you can get an honest response from who are in the same shared space that you're in is really just it's a nice feeling and it's a place to go we all want to belong you know and we all want our group of friends but you need sometimes something more than just that guys you're going to go out drinking with you need professionals who want to help each other move to the next level yeah i have a a group that i belonged to at one point it was called c12 have you ever heard of these guys c12 um they're like a kind of like a corporate, um, you know, kind of like C-suite execs, but it's like spiritual business leadership. And so there's like an element of like spirituality. So I did that for like a season there. Um, and I found some good things out of it. I took some good takeaways, but one thing you mentioned right there, which is, you know, and you also mentioned it earlier, um, having a person who's willing and able to be honest with you because too many people have yes people in their lives and don't, um, speak up when they should, you know, there's a lot of people that just are too afraid to buck the system. They're a little beta. Um, you know, and, and that's part of what Ben Carson's message was this week at our church is saying that, look, you know, we probably have a really loud, uh, or excuse me, a really quiet majority, you know, in this world right now, I think, you know, with everything going on in the world and, and I don't care where my politics go, it doesn't matter if I share them or not. Most people know that it's more common sense. I don't really, try to per se that I'm super right or super anywhere. Um, I'm kind of just more common sense. I was a Democrat right. at one point. I would definitely say I'm a conservative now if I was to put myself anywhere, but I would be more libertarian, you know, just like, you know, I, I'd rather just look at the issue and come up with a decision, not based upon a political party, but, right. you know, right. having the ability to just be honest with yourself and be honest with somebody else who's asking a fair assessment of something and say, Hey, it might hurt your feelings, but this is what I think, you know, having that true person to be able to do that is amazing. You know? Yeah. It's very valuable because there are people who are yes people and there's, there's yes people who would like to say something, but they don't cause they don't want to get into it. And then they got it. You know what I mean? They have to explain their position. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that'll work. That'll work. Just, you know, it's that kind of thing. And you're like, no, 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 no. I please like for real, tell me what you think. Sometimes you got to drag it out of people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but that's the that's where you get what that's where things where the rubber hits the road, where you can get an honest assessment. Listen, we're all like creators to a certain extent. We're all putting things out there. And for that reason, you need people who are going to give you honest feedback. Yeah. And, you know, we can we're 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 obviously wise and making a living and impacting people, but we need counsel too. You know, I, I know it sounds silly, but I, I put a chart together just in my mind because, you know, I have an accountant, I have a bookkeeper, I have this, I have that, I have so, and then I put an advisory board together for myself, like a personal advisory board, people I've met over the years in my business, in the corporate entertainment business, and some of the other ones. And I said, hey, would you just be, if when the time comes, will you be my advisor? So I have an org chart. Of my of the John D. Domenico company. There's a real company, but yeah. there's not a real company. There's not yeah. a hierarchy. This is it. This is the front office. This is <laughs> and the back office. So in in my mind, though, I have that image. You know, people do vision boards, but my vision board is 
this is the company. These are the people that that surround me that I can go to, along with the guys in the uh, in, in the brain trust in the mastermind group. You know, and sometimes you forget. Oh yeah, that's right. This guy does. You know, for me, because like this is my wig person. This is my wardrobe person. This is the guy who builds my pops props. It's like oh, there really is a group of people around me, and sometimes you forget. Yeah. Because yeah. you pay them, but yeah, they're right. really, you know, you pay them like a company would pay them. Yeah. So it just helps to go. You do have an org- organization surrounding you. And and that's so good. I love that idea. And I'm going to steal it. I'm going to steal it. I'm going to take it. I'm going to use it. Um, yeah. But I also like it from like, you know, even people that don't have the company, you know, even in their life to like, just understand who they need to reach out to in certain situations, right? Like, you know, you, there's nothing worse than taking your problems to somebody who could care less about them or 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 some, right. some version of like you might just upset them more than you are and now you just you just open up a can of worms so it's like i would say journaling i think you mentioned did you you say you do journaling or you oh do yeah meditation? every morning that's on that list yeah i don't and i you know i want to be honest about it because it's on there and there'll be days when i just put the date on yeah, yeah. and i'll write good because i'm yeah. so pressed for time but i i i got to do it i've got to like at least do that like that's the rock bottom minimum but at least if i'm doing the minimum then you know there's something i would say for something i'm gonna start taking on because like right now i'm I'm in the course of like building a course truly uh for like my online transformation clients and again everything's going to be going from like most people find me just because the body stuff but uh it's it's probably going to segue into the more mindset and professional development and things of that nature but uh, I want to take them from a standpoint of like, when you're in that rage or when you're in that stress, get it on paper because yeah. when you, when you unpack it again, now that now there's no emotion in it, you can't make choices with emotion. And so yeah. you can't, you know, make anything healthy anyway with emotion. So after the emotions been spent, you can actually read the lines and be like, yeah, this probably needs to change or, Oh, you know what? I was a little bit, I'm glad I didn't bring this to somebody, especially people with like, you know, relationships, like as much as we're supposed to be best friends between, you know, husband, spouse and, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, you know, there are some things you probably shouldn't be bringing to these people because you're only upsetting them or creating more space or, or worse in your relationship. Yeah, so I, it's like- I I 100% agree with that. If you really feel that, like, at least wait a day or two, definitely put it on paper because it's very easy in the moment to bitch about your 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 spouse, your significant other and take it out of the relationship for for affirmation for yourself aren't i right aren't Mm -hmm. i right Mm -hmm. because you don't realize it's very selfish to do that to put that on a friend yeah um a a negative about your about your partner it's it's very dangerous and it's very self-serving so write it down keep it to yourself and if it's really bad get some get some couples therapy but um it's such an easy it's like it's like having a piece of candy or something because yeah. it's so easy to go she's such a slob am i right you've seen the house yeah, yeah. and yo yeah yeah she's really yeah you know and you're all you're doing is building like you said like building this divide and building you know my my first wife was a therapist and and i the reason i'm very adamant about this is because i did it I did it. Yeah. And I it's one of the things I feel horrible about. But she used to say to me, don't build a case against me. She was smart enough to know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I was building a case. And I was putting my facts yeah. in. And I was getting negative consultation to get affirmation from my friends. Like, And, and that's a bad thing to do. Yeah. It's just, it serves no one. Even you, you think you're helping yourself yeah. by pushing the demise of the relationship, and all it is is just it's just not healthy. Even inside, um, even inside the relationship, when you're speaking to your significant other and you're bringing money problems or these other things that you know are you know that she couldn't be affected by as well, I still think you know that's another place where it's like, does this help or hurt? You know, is this helping me only and it's going to hurt her and she's going to share this burden with me? Why do I want to carry? Why do I want someone else to carry my yoke? Right. If you right. think of it like if you think of it that way. So it's like, you know, do I need somebody to carry this burden or is this my own that I can solve? And if I if I need to release, then there's probably a person for that. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, being very intentional about who you share what with, um, yes. you know, it, that's it's, a it's big, like that what you just said is 
absolute gold. Be very intentional about who you share what with, especially when it comes to relationship stuff. And one of the thing, uh, other things about journals, I literally have like just boxes and boxes of um, the patterns. You go back and you can go back five years and 10 years and 15 years. And if you're still dealing with the same stuff, that should be a trigger yeah. for you to like, mm, maybe I should go a little deeper on this, you know, yeah. because that's one of the best things about long-term journaling is to say, Oh, I actually overcame this. I moved beyond this. I'm not dealing with this issue anymore. These, it's a really wonderful thing to track your life because if you don't do it, it, it no one, no one will do it. Right. You know what I mean? And, and you if for- you be honest with yourself, it makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. And you forget some good stuff that goes on in there too, right? Like, you know, there are a lot of times that you'll experience something and you won't share it. And then you'll just be like, man, and it could give you a lift one day, you know, you yeah. know just something, uh, a good quote. Like I, I, I'm a person who just takes and just dumps, takes and dumps. And so like my phone, I have notes everywhere. I'm literally hiring an assistant right now to organize all my crap. And cause I'm yep. just like, this is not business production for me. This is just like organized chaos. Help me do that. And so I can use it again. Cause I, you know, there was a reason I copied it down in the first place because I wanted to say it out loud somewhere or basically use it as like a, a trigger for a conversation for something. But I'm like, it's not my job to go ahead and organize my mess. It's someone to go ahead and look at where my brain was at one point and say, okay, what was Craig thinking? What, what kind of categories does this go? Cause like, I'm trying to be very intentional also with like my business production I'm like, Hey, can I hire someone to do something that I should not be doing? Yes. And, and yes, try to like go 100%. into that. So yeah. Uh, awesome. Being, man. We'll I'm talk also, to me about one last thing. Cause yeah. I know we're approaching this hour here and I want to keep you. Is there anything that you would have done differently in life? And um, if so, how can you, how, how would you have avoided it today? You know, I, I think about this sometimes and I, I was always, one of the things was, what I regret is certain times not being a hundred percent honest, mm-hmm. going along to get along. And it's, um, those are the things I would have done differently. And I'll give you one small thing. It sounds silly. I was in, it's when I was in seventh grade, uh, they had just built a brand new school and um a new middle school and it was all it was a pod system basically it was four massive classes and it was wide open and i hated it <laughs> i hated it because it was really noisy and i had i have adhd and um i you know and I, I, someone would move 25 feet away and i'd see it because out of my peripheral vision and i got selected to be on the committee with a couple of the teachers a couple of the students and to do like a review of this new system that they spent millions of dollars on and i was so what's the right word i was so codependent at the time you know i was like they spent a lot of money on this they don't want to hear anything negative so i as you know because i was in a house you know my you have to consider my household what i was dealing with um so i didn't want any conflict so i was like oh it's really great it's really great i'm learning a lot and i i really enjoy it but and i didn't i hated it i hated it (laughs) And I just wish I had, it's a simple thing, but like, those things build over time. Yes, they do. Until you get whacked in the face and then you're like, I don't need to be, um, this isn't, I'm not in the army. I'm not, I don't have to be compliant and yeah. march 20 miles. This is someone who really wants my opinion. And I wasn't only doing myself a disservice. I was doing them a huge disservice because here's a student saying how great it was and I hated it mm-hmm. and I couldn't learn. So it's, it, that's a microcosm of a bunch of things that happened to me over time that I've learned, like going back to getting honest, getting an honest answer from somebody about something it's better to be honest it's it's a disservice to you and the other person when you're not being honest i agree 100 percent. that's that's my that those are my regrets love that love that yeah. that's great good example anything you want to share with them before you'll go any any words of wisdom anything that uh they should, should, they should knowing <laughs> the channel and knowing what we discussed um you just just everything that i said that 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 we are at a time in history that no matter what you're dealing with, alcoholism, uh, drug abuse, depression, whatever it is, you know, on the negative side, 
that there is a group out there. There's a 1-800 number. There's research. There's people who really care if you're having, you know, if you're dealing with something very dark, you mentioned suicide. There are people out there who are who want to help you, who want to get you to the next level. We're so lucky. I bring this up. My brother, uh, George, drank himself to death. He was an alcoholic and uh, he just would not accept any help and i said to him at one point should you live at a point in history where you can get away from alcoholism you can succeed he was a smart guy he was a very intelligent graduate top of his class from LaSalle university but drank himself to death there there's there's people out there who want to help you the knowledge is there you just have to want it and whatever it is you just have to want it and people will rise up and help you out and take you to the next level that's awesome. And I'm sorry for your loss, but a very powerful yeah. message. And I think it's, I think it's a great message for right now, just with as much conflict and, you know, just uh, narratives being put at you that may not be your own. You may have something completely different on your heart, but if you yeah. hear something so many times, you might just believe it as well. And so I would say really look within, start journaling and getting your thoughts on paper, what you truly feel, although you may not have the friendship circles uh, to say what you may want to say, because uh, I understand how uh, cancel culture and all the rest of it works there are circles that you can share that information with if you felt like it and so you know if you are listening i would say do your research to uh you know find the group and the tribe that's going to work with you and help lift you up so right on john it was a pleasure man i'm so happy that we got a chance to do this i'm glad i got uh, a chance me to too. meet you you are welcome to put me on your advisory board if you ever felt like you wanted to talk to me <laughs> absolutely <I> would be <laughs> honored <laughs> but uh, be I'm, I'm super stoked for this uh, uh this will not be the last time we talk i'm i'm, I'm sure of that and uh hopefully I see you on stage one time again so I can share some laughs. Yeah, come to Las Vegas. We'll hang out. We'll work out together. Right on. <laughs> I'll catch you later. All right, man. Thank you. Have a great one. Appreciate week. it. Bye. See ya.